Hey, and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. All right, so this morning, we are jumping straight back into our, our current series, which is also our year theme, uh, which is next. And specifically, what is your next step? Because you see, we're all moving towards something next. We all have a next. Whether we are old or whether we are young, it doesn't disqualify us or qualify us for a next. But in order to get to whatever's next, there are next steps that we have to take, and normally several next steps in order for us to get there. You may be in a place today where, you, where you're sitting here and you're thinking to yourself, you know, that's true. I, I, I do have a next. I've, I've got goals in life. You know, I've, I've, got, I've got a next as far as my physical health is concerned that I'm working towards. And we actually saw some of that happen here this morning. Maybe, maybe you, you got a, a next when it comes to, to your, your relationships in your life or, or your work scenario that, that, that you're in or, or even just with your walk with God, you feel like, man, there's just there's something next that I'm working towards. And, and you know exactly what it is, whether I do or don't. But the bottom line is this, that no matter who we are, no matter how old or young we are, we should all be looking towards the next. What am I saying? We should all be looking towards change. Now, I know change is such an unpopular word. Companies actually encourage their employees and their, 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 their team leaders to not talk about change, but to talk about things like improvement or bettering yourself. Or, but this morning, we just want to call a spade a spade and, and, and just talk about the change that is needed. Uh, I love what John F. Kennedy said. He said, change is the law of life. And those who look only to the past or the present are certain to miss the future. Now, here's what I believe about change is that there's this myth going around and it's, it's kind of a, the title of the message this morning is, is the myth of the Big Bang. And last week I said, it's not what you think it is. So come and find out what it is. The myth of the Big Bang. You see, when it comes to change, I think so often we have this belief that, that change is going to arrive in my life like this Big Bang. Like there's just going to be this big moment in life where everything changes. I'm going to have some big life event that's going to change everything. Th think about it. How often don't, don't we say stuff like, you know what, I'll change when I'm 20. Or I'll change when I'm 30. I'll change when I'm 40 or 50 or 60 or 70. Like we, we, we kind of put a round figure to it. You know, I'll, man, you know what? In truth, I'll, I'll change when we've had kids. Then I'll settle down. I'll, I'll stop drinking or, or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll change when I find the right person. I'll stop sowing my wild oats. I'll change. And we're waiting for these big life moments. Or one that we try and utilize every year. Every year we try and use this, this big bang. It's called New Year's. It's like, man, 
It's either, you know, we're, we're like a little ways into February right now, and I've already wrecked it. So I've got a good 10 months to do whatever I want to, but man, you just wait for January. <laughs> January the 1st, everything's going to change. And we try and harness these moments because somewhere along the line, we, we bought into this belief that, that the only way that we really change is, is by this big thing happening in our lives. The problem is, these moments come and they go. And then we, we disappointed. We, we slip into a, into a space of disappointment and, 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 and we get upset at the fact that we banked so much on this moment changing so much and then it didn't. And with the disappointment slides in this belief and we start to believe this lie that says, I can't change. I can't change. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried so many times and I've failed. I've tried so many times and it just didn't work out. And I just, I'm, I'm starting to realize more and more that I just cannot change. We, we start to say things like, you know, I'll never be able to lose that weight. I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to pass this course in order to get this accreditation. So I'll never be able to get that job that, I, that I'm really looking for. You, you know what? I, I'll never be loved the way that I feel I should be loved. I'll never stop this self-destructive behavior. And Ultimately, we end up just buying into this lie more and more and more that says, I can't change. And then this weird thing happens. We start to accept it. We start to accept the fact that we can't change. We look at our faults. We look at, we, we look at the areas of our lives where we desire change. And we start to believe that, you know what, I, I can't change, so I'll just accept it. I'll just accept it. And we start to accept our own bad thinking. We start to accept our own bad speaking. We, we start to accept our own bad doing. But here's the funny thing. If we're honest, think about this. We won't accept it in those around us. We won't accept it in the people that we love. Consider this. When you look at your kids, or when you look at your spouse, or when you look at your closest friend, or when you look at your, your, your parents, or whoever, you look at them and you, you, you see stuff that doesn't belong, and, and you look at it and you, you go, man, I just wish they'd change. I, I, I wish they could see what I see. I wish that they would be willing to just do what's needed to bring about the change. And, and, and we aren't willing, so to speak, to accept it in the loved ones around us. And if there aren't loved ones, we generally just like move on because we're not willing to accept it in others. So I think that 
this morning, we, we need to just stop and ask ourselves this one question, and I think it's an exceptionally good question. If I can't accept an unwillingness to change in those around me, in, in, in the people that I love, then why am I willing to accept it in me? Good question. And you may be in a space this morning where you're saying, Ramon, it's just too hard. You know, it's, it's just too hard. Like their situation is easier. I've been struggling with this thing for 30 years. Or I've been, I've been battling around this thing for so long. It's just, it's not easy anymore. But this morning, I'd like to suggest to you, maybe it's not too hard. Maybe it's not too hard. Maybe your method for change is too hard. Maybe your method for change needs to change. Maybe change doesn't come down to just this one big bang. But maybe we should stop waiting for something huge to happen, for this big magnanimous moment in life to come along and usher in the change that we long for. Maybe this morning, change looks more like taking one small step at a time in the right direction. If we're honest, as we've been talking around next and next steps, think about it. We've been encouraging you just as we've taken it on for ourselves that, hey, we all have a next step. Just take that next step. We're not talking about some big moment. We're just talking about an honesty and just taking one step. You see, in truth, true change Lasting change happens one small step at a time. And oftentimes, it's not about this one big decision, but about many small steps in the right direction. I love what Eugene Peterson said. Eugene Peterson is an author, and in in one of his books, he, he described this as a, a long obedience in the right direction. A long obedience in the right direction. Isn't that just so beautifully put? Because, folks, here's what I know about you and here's what I know about me. Is that 95, 99% of the time, we know what's right and wrong. Let's be honest. We know what's right and wrong. Uh, I don't need someone standing next to me all the time and as I'm about to make a decision go, that's wrong. Or hey, that's right. No. You see, throughout our, our, our upbringing, throughout our schooling, throughout, throughout our lives, we've always had people telling us, hey, this is right, this is wrong. We've got our conscience inside of us. And if you're a Jesus follower this morning, you've got the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. And in that moment, (laughs) he communicates to us, gut check, 
think about what you're about to do. Is that the right move? So when we talk about a long obedience in the right direction, it's just about taking stock in those moments and just going, hey, I need to do the right thing here. So I'm going to do it. And then the next time it comes around, I'm going to do it. The next time it comes around, I'm going to do it. You see, this is not a sprint race, but ultimately this is an endurance race. I think it's so good to just consider the words of the author of the book of Hebrews. Now, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. We have no idea if it was a man or a woman. We have no idea if it was one of the disciples. Some of the language sometimes looks like like Paul's writing, but we don't know for sure that it was Paul. So we're just going to say the author of the book of Hebrews. And as we consider the words, I believe that they speak into this moment so beautifully. In Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2, it says this. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. What a rich piece of scripture right there. It's something that, he, that, that, that they say there is, is they talk about strip off every weight. And as I read that again this week, I just thought to myself, you know, th- there's a process involved to stripping something off. Isn't that the truth? If ever you've stripped an, a, a, a motorcycle or a car, hopefully not after hours with a balaclava, but like in your garage working on your own motorcycle or friends who's allowed you to, as you've stripped it or, or you've stripped an engine, you'll know that, that it's not something that happens instantly. It, there's a process attached to it. Or, or if you've ever had to strip paint off a wall or a gate or a, a, a railing, you'll know that, that in that moment, it's, it's not this instant thing that happens. The paint doesn't just fall off. Like that's what we want. Isn't that the truth? If ever you've strip paint off anything or if ever you've stripped a vehicle you'll know that that your deepest desire is that you can walk into the garage or walk up to the thing and just say off with you and it's done like no tools needed why because we live in an instant society isn't that the truth everything's instant think about it we have fast food, high-speed um, high internet, speed dating, instant messaging, instant coffee, five-minute abs, two-minute noodles, and TV on demand. We live in an instant society. Apparently, we don't even want to pay attention for a long period of time. There are these things called TED Talks. You can watch them on, on YouTube. Um, a TED Talk is 22 minutes long. The reason why a TED Talk is 22 minutes long is just people talking on various different topics, um, which apparently they are experts in. Sometimes you watch them and you really wonder if they are. 
But a TED talk is 22 minutes long. And, and as the, the, the talk goes on, the reason why it's 22 minutes long is that they did research. The research shows that we have a concentration span. We can pay attention for about 18 minutes, one eight. So they take 18 minutes to land the point, and then they take four minutes to wrap it up. That's it, done. Recently, they redid that test. Apparently, our concentration span, or, or the, the amount of time that we are willing to pay attention to, in average, went from 18 minutes to eight. We lost 10 minutes somewhere along the line. So the truth be told, I lost you about eight minutes ago. <laughs> so I'd love to just invite you back. You see, we live in a, a society that says instant gratification isn't instant enough. It's not quick enough. So when the author of Hebrews speaks about getting rid of things that hold us back, they're not talking about something that's instant. They're talking about a process. Because you see, folks, change isn't instant. Change is a process. They go on to say this. They say, run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Endurance isn't a very popular word today unless you're into some form of endurance racing, whether it's motorcycle endurance racing, car endurance racing, or you're doing one of these warrior races or Spartan races or, or something where you're like running for days and you can choose whether you want to sleep or not. Personally, I think there's therapy for whatever made you run that long. There we go. But, but endurance speaks about patience. It speaks into perseverance. It speaks into steadfastness. And as I mentioned these words, none of these speak about instance. None of these speak about some form of a, a big bang where everything just changes in an instant. No, it's, it's talking about taking a next step. And then it's another next step. And then taking a next step. And taking a next step. And taking several next steps. And the truth be told, for you and for me, we probably have hundreds or thousands of next steps left in our lives. And at this moment, you might be freaked out thinking, good grief, I'm struggling with one. I don't know that I can do a couple of hundred or thousand. I want to say this to you. Relax, breathe, don't worry about all the next steps. For now, just focus on this next step. All that, all that we're talking about here today is a long obedience in the same direction. You see, what the author of Hebrews is saying here is, they're saying that we need to choose what is right over what is comfortable. We, we need to choose what is right over what is convenient. We need to choose what is right over what is instant. 
We need to choose what is right over what is easy. There's a, a, a leadership guru, so to speak, called Simon Sinek, and, and, and this is what he said. I, whether you love him or hate him, what he said here is worth hearing. He said this. He said, our choices reveal our intentions. Our choices reveal our intentions. I wonder if you had to sit down today and just take a long, hard look at the choices that you just made this past week. If someone else had to kind of take a snapshot at that and work through it, what would it be communicating about your intentions, about your desires? Now, what I'm about to say next is, is I believe, like our big takeaway for today. It's kind of that, that big moment in the message. So, if right now you are outside of your eight minutes, again, I'd like to just invite you back because I really believe that this is something worth hearing. It's this. Giving up something now for something better later isn't a sacrifice. It's an investment. Can I say that again? Giving up something now for something better later isn't a sacrifice. It's an investment. You know, if, if you think about maybe you're in a place where you're like, okay, I won't eat chocolate for the whole week because I'm banking on abs somewhere along the line. So I'm not eating chocolate for the entire week and then like Saturday... I'll have a big one. It's a sacrifice. <laughs> and then I get rewarded. I'm giving it up. There's something better coming. I believe the wrong way to look at it would be to go, I'm sacrificing so that I can get rewarded. Now, the truth be told that something else is happening at the same time. It's called that you're gaining health, not just abs. And that's not just a sacrifice. You're not sacrificing for abs. You're investing in health. Bit of a mind shift. Giving up something now for something better later isn't a sacrifice. It's an investment. If we consider what, what, what Hebrews tells us here, it says, run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You see, the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, that God has set out a plan for your life. If you've never heard that, then this morning, please hear that. God has set out a plan for your life. You are not here by accident. You are here on purpose. Not just in this building, but on this planet. And each time... You say no to something now for something better later. You are investing into the future that God has in store for you. And it might be abs, I don't know. But here's what I do know. The, the, the future that God has in store for you is for you to live in his peace. 
It's for you to really experience His peace. It's for you to, to, to know and live in His love and to share that love with the people around you. It's for you to know and experience His grace and to live out of His grace, knowing that there's nothing that we can do to deserve His favor, but He loves us so much that He freely gives it when we come to Him and ask Him. That is the future that God has for you and for me, and that is a future worth investing into. As we wrap this up this morning, what do you need to say no to now? What do you need to say no to now to find that something better later? What are the small steps that you need to take now in order to experience the fullness of God's big plan for you later. I love the way the psalmist says this in Psalm 37, verse verse 23 to 24. They say, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. You may have been here with us for the last couple of weeks and may have been engaging with us in next steps. And throughout the week, you, you may have taken one or two steps and, and, and feel like at the moment, it's like two steps forward, three steps back. And you've actually really struggled in the process. And this morning, I believe that God is communicating to us through the psalmist to just say, hey, if you've, if you've stumbled, I'm holding you by the hand. If you've stumbled, I've got you. If you've stumbled, just know this, you can never fall further than my grip. He's got you. I wonder this morning, if you've taken your next steps, if you're here this morning and, 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 and you're kind of hearing all this for the first time, I wonder this morning, what's your next step? Even just considering what we've spoken about this morning for all of us, what's, what's our next step? You see, Hebrews told us that 